<laughs> because honestly, if I don't record, we're never going to record. <laughs> No, no so, hi, how have you been this new year? Hi. Besides been pretty good. Oh, yeah, but outside of the foot, the year's been going like great, actually. So, thank you for asking. Happy New Year to you and your family, too. Yes, of course. Um, I got to know what happened to the foot, though. I got to know because new year, new foot. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the first time I've broken a bone in years. I've never broken a bone. So I was carrying eight bags of groceries up my steps. So like I don't I don't like I don't believe in going to the car to get like to do two trips. So I slung all the bags in my forearms. Oh my god. So walking up the steps like this. And can you believe I've been living here for 20 something years? My foot got caught in between the steps like this and folded when I tripped the oh. over and I heard the snapping noise. Ah. And like, yeah, then my neighbors all came out and I was like, okay, something bad happened. I don't feel too good. And they're like, um, they helped me get the bags in my apartment. And then like like literally I came back in here, my foot swelled up like a grapefruit. Like, purple and like oh thick. shit so yeah so i had to like uh yeah so i had the next day my friends took me to the doctor and they go yeah you got the trifecta <laughs> so it's just a uh, fractured foot and sprain and like tore the tendon oh right my right. god i guess oh, you won't be okay. doing that again yeah never again Not so, but let's like try something different <laughs> exactly so, i'm gonna get a bobsled is... pull everything up to the oh my god oh wait that'd be really cool that wasn't like bob's burgers one of the episodes but Literally. anyways <laughs> um you are uh, highly underrated. I mean, Batman, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean. I mean, Clan of the Vein. I mean, my God, how does Anil begin? Like, where did you start all this? You have done so many projects. I mean, I think you're even musically inclined, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, let's start, let's start with all of the, yeah, with the sperm and the egg. That's how we, that's how we, <laughs> um, that's how we started. Yes. Um, Thank God, because... You have done some really cool stuff. And I think a lot of people would be interested on um, your backstory a little bit. I'm interested because, listen, Batman vs. Superman, I love. So <laughs> I got oh. in it. Oh, thank you. Um, I just got started. I was always drawing since I was a kid. I'm like, I used to get in trouble at school for drawing like Battle of the Planets and G-Force characters and Spectre-Man and Spider-Man all over my notebooks and everything, too. And I just, I, I've just been drawing since I was a kid. And then, like, um, my mom's in, my mom's in art class that plays piano. Oh. And my dad is a guitar player, so it just kind of was in our family to be, music, to be musicians and artists too. So what happened was, um, yeah, they were very supportive. So when I told them I wanted to get to doing arts and doing comic books and movies and everything too, when I got older, they put us in like you know like they put me and my sister both and I both in piano classes. I started taking drum lessons, and um, yeah, then like uh, I was always like drawing in school and taking art classes at the time too. So when I finally got the chance to go to college. Um, I was basically accepted in the USC for the architecture and art programs. I just came out to go to school over here, then I did that, got my degree, luckily, and got out. And, like, it took a little bit of time to get hooked up in the real world. But once I did, I met the right people and got got myself in the unions. Everything was going pretty smoothly after that. So that's basically how the whole thing happened. But really, it, it started from drawing since I was a kid, just doodling. And then it I mean, it's, it's quite cool. I mean, the storyboard, I think a lot of people, like, that is everything. Doing a storyboard of a movie, anything. So, like, when you are doing a storyboard, what goes through your head? I mean, because it's like a clean slate. Yeah, you have to kind of, like, like um, if, if I'm doing stuff for myself, I know stuff that I personally do as a director. But when you're working with someone who is a director and they hire me to work, with, to, to work on their film, I'll usually ask them what movies that they, what movies they like. And they'll always tell me I'm the big Lebowski. Every director I've ever worked with, I was like the big Lebowski. I'm like, yeah, I knew that one. But like, they always ask about. They'll say that one, and um, they'll say we like certain scenes from the movie Heat. We like certain scenes from you know uh, Batman. We like certain scenes from like you know, like uh, the Color of Money. 
and we tied up, then I said, it's okay, I'll go home and watch those movies and I'll watch the scenes they talked about. I'll kind of come up with in my head how the style is supposed to look. So I'll design the storyboards. Um, for anyone, who, anyone who's watching this podcast, storyboards are basically like a comic book that shows you what the movie's supposed to look like before it ever gets filmed. So everything you see on TV or in a movie is something that myself or someone else drew at first, like comic book pages going from scene to scene. And then you take that as a blueprint to make a movie based on that. That way the director can show the cast and the crew. Here's what every shot's going to look like. Okay, great. It's pretty epic. I mean, this is like the groundwork for everything. You need a good storyboard. Um, Now, something that really did, like, it was kind of exciting. Um, When I was, like, younger, Teen Wolf, I loved. Mm -hmm. And then I saw your thing with your comic. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, used a little bit, and I was like, "Ah, What? That is so cool. How did that feel when, like, your work really started to get recognized? It felt amazing, actually, because I, I remember what it's like to, uh, to be out there hustling, like, going to Comic-Cons and showing your portfolio, like, with tears in your eyes going, please hire me, please, I don't want anything. You have to have the beanie. I have brought out mine as an honorary oh, beanie person. <laughs> I love it. And it's purple, too, which is my favorite color. Purple's awesome. my favorite color. Stop. <laughs> oh, no way. We have, now we have even more in Comic-Cons. Yay! <laughs> I like it. Looks cute. Yeah, but But it must feel really awesome when people like uh, appreciate your work. And my God, I mean, what was your favorite project to work on that you feel um, like fulfilled you the most? Not the biggest project, just what fulfilled you the most as an artist. Probably the movie Benraku that I worked on. I did that with Josh Hartnett and Woody Harrelson. That was probably the biggest thing because I did pretty much. I worked on that movie from start to finish. And then even when it was done and they had test audience experience, they called me back again to come work on the next big chunk of it too. So I think that with that one personally, because I learned a lot on that movie. I learned, I did like everything. I worked as an actor on it, storyboard artist, concept artist, prop designer. And um, I did like a lot of stuff on that film. That's why it's kind of like, that's my personal favorite thing that I've worked on. Plus the guy Moshe who directed that became a good friend of mine. And he really taught me how to, um, he really taught me how to um, do the proper way of storyboarding. Before I was kind of like, you know, like not half-assing it, but I was doing it like a comic book. And he said, well, no, you've got to like, whenever you have a character in a scene on this side of the screen, that same character has on this side of the screen and like the other character on this side of the screen. So to keep the continuity and like, that's what the audience is confused. Like it's, it's called crossing, the, don't cross the line. There's like a line that you That's really cool. What would you say to um, people aspiring to do something in uh, your genre, like something that you learned, like some people have said, like, you know, humble yourself. What would you say? Definitely be humble. Don't open your mouth and brag. Cause I know so many people do that. They put that stupid crap up. Really? On I've got this big project coming on, but I can't talk about it. That means, <laughs> Hey, guess what? You're not working. We all know it. I know it. You know it. Everyone knows. It. If you're it's busy, so you're not talking about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to just kind of lay low and do your stuff. And people are always wondering like where is this person what are they doing then all of a sudden like if you have a publicist they'll release the information the deadline mm-hmm. or wherever that it comes out people know you're working but never talk about something before it starts because you always jinx it and it always well it uh, might also uh, never release it might stay canned <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> yeah a friend of mine a friend of mine did a bunch of these low budget horror movies and she got a part in a very famous movie and then all the low budget movies that she did all got released at that time, about that point in time, it was the craziest thing, and I was like, "Oh, I knew that was going to happen because the movie became a major success." And then, like all these movies that she did, start popping up all over. Well, that's not really like the saturation isn't good either because too much saturation. It's like, you know, you want yeah, one project. Yeah, it, it, but it was kind of cool to see a whole bunch of things coming out at the exact same time because that one movie took off. Yeah, being humble is like the most important thing too, and also being li- listening. Stop talking. 
I think people tend to jump and start talking about oversell themselves, and like it comes off being very braggart-like, and that's not cool. You got to people. Everyone's got some good advice. Just keep your mouth shut, listen to what people say, and take all those different things and kind of contribute them towards what's going to help you in your philosophy. Yeah, I think that's really important for pretty much any career that, you know, when yeah. you're just starting out, like, just just zip it a little bit. <laughs> because, for example, somebody like you, you've you've been around, you have a lot of experience, expertise, and maybe somebody just starting out, like, you know, they, they need to learn a little bit. And I think with my generation, especially, um, there's a little bit of a problem <laughs> where my generation is um, kind of taking over. So they're not listening to the people who are um, in the higher up positions. They're, they're just kind of like taking over. Yeah. There was an article on that, that people are firing Generation Z <laughs> because of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Generation Z is like not getting hired because like, let's say they're working under you, right? As like an assistant or intern mm-hmm. for storyboard. Neil, your job would be done. They'd be telling you how to do it. And that's not good. (laughs) That's just not good. Um, You know, musically, uh, are you still playing in the band? Not right now. I had to take a break from that, too, because that requires a lot of time and patience. Mm. I haven't played drums in a long time. So um, the, uh, but yeah, like, it was just like, it's a fun thing to do. I used to love going on tour. I was putting a lot of time into it. But I don't know how anybody, it's so hard to be like a full-time musician going on tour and having to go to band practice every single day Yeah. and being able to have a movie career. So like, since I already had some success doing, like going on tour and playing in bands, I decided to focus my attention on doing movies on a full-time basis. So now it's kind of like whenever, if somebody calls me and like, I have got like a like part of the summer free, as I say, we're going to be like doing a show at so-and-so place. Do you want to come and fill in on drums or something? I do a lot of filling work. So I'll just kind of go and rehearse with the band and like, you know, see if I fit in with them. I do then we so basically you kneel whenever you want to kneel yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay you know that works too um when it comes to since you're very passionate about your movies and um things that you do in that sort of genre um mm-hmm. what would you want people to remember you as like the the biggest thing that you um contribute um honestly like like a I'm, it's not quite there yet. Hopefully everything will work out, but my, my vampire project is kind of the vein that I'm doing with my writing partner, Neil Edmund. Oh, vampire. If everything goes good with that, I'd be super happy because that's like, it's, it's such a big worldly thing. It's, it's something, it's a term we now call world building. It's like Star Wars for vampire fans. Oh, so vampire. We've been really busy. Yeah, so it's been fun. We've been putting that together, but now that zombies are kind of coming to an end, like vampires start to be coming back into the media again. She's so hoping this is going after this. But that's the one that we, I really put my heart and soul into. It's like so, there's so much involved with it. It couldn't be described in a couple of words. And the best thing I can say, it could be summed, the whole project could be summed up as uh, Die Hard with Vampire. So behind you, is that your artwork? Um, up here? No, this yeah. is actually, that's actually Richard Corbin, who's one of my favorite comic book artists. And oh. this is a print from, oh gosh, I forgot her name. She has like all these creepy like uh, Victorian art prints. Oh, and, it looks uh, really yeah. awesome though. It looks like really cool. And then what do you have hanging? That's it's a like somebody's head. Oh my god! Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it is. Wink, wink. Oh my yeah, god! That's a plant. I, I got a plant all over my place. It's like Jurassic Park. But that's actually uh, that demon right there. That mask is actually um, the Cathoga, which is from the movie The Relic. Oh. So that's the actual carved um, demon from the movie. And then, well, since it's Jurassic Park, um, what what is that on the left side of you? Because <laughs> I'm like, that's- it's like green and like. Oh, it's a, velo- it's a velociraptor in camouflage. Just kidding. No, it's, it's, it's a big plant. It's starting to kind of, I got to rewatch it. Gil, is your whole place like swamped? With- yeah, pretty much. There's like not one like, piece of. 
the mind inside somebody doing storyboards. This. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I decorate it with all my favorite. I have a lot of plants. I also my favorite, um, with all my favorite movie memorabilia. So, all, so there's something in my apartment, whether it be a statue or art print, poster or movie thing from all of my favorite cars. It's wrapped around my entire apartment. So I feel very creative when I'm here. So, and since we're all forced to work at home right now, yeah. it kind of helps so if you are not in um the movie industry uh where would you be i you know honestly like i really like roller skating i probably like a roller skating instructor really on yeah it's great i love it it's like the closest i i feel to flying even like riding dirt bikes too and what like doing like a uh, mountain biking i would have never like heard this rolling. oh yeah it's like a, i was terrible at sports but i was always good at skating i was always good at like bicycling like i can bike like mother so like i just it's always been like my thing I, it's like I, it feels like you're flying when you're going at speed oh. i don't think it's something like that it'd just be fun but like um i mean really even being a even like being a painter would be a pretty cool thing like um i'd like doing these big pop art paintings like andy warhol so i'd like to just be a painter and just, just sit there and crank out paintings all day long oh that's so cool i mean one way or another like it would be art right because like i i feel yeah. like that's just like your soul and your passion so i know we discussed about like upcoming projects you don't like to like divulge but you gotta say something is there anything you could say about stuff you're working on that yeah, like can say? yeah like uh let's see like there's a movie that's coming out called unbreakable boy that i worked on my storyboard with my friend john gunn that's what zach uh Zach Levi, the guy from Chuck, and who plays Shazam. That's okay. coming out pretty soon. And um, then I've got like I've got a part that I'm gonna be directing that we're putting everything together like that called Still Small Voice. So that one we're actually gonna be doing um, for, like it's a virtual production. And it's kind of how they did the Mandalorian TV oh. show. They've got a big stage with LED lights, and you film everything on these small sound stages, and like you make it look like a big huge movie without having to actually go to locations to film things. So we're just negotiating stuff right now with the, with the company down in Florida to see how we can make it all work together. And um, yeah, you can literally shoot like a $3 million film on like $200,000 and make it look fantastic. That's so we're busy, really, thanks, we're really busy putting that together. Like, and that's my first time working as a feature director. And um, yeah, then like the, uh, our vampire project right now is with two very famous directors in the company. They're looking at it. So like, if I'm going to have them like, I'm going to have to return the phone. Call. They called me a couple of days ago. I never turned the call. Like, see how we can how we can make it work together too. They just told me they wanted to take it from the film and see if we can do a TV series based on it and how we would structure that. So I got to contact my writing partner and work with them on that and like see how we can make it. Just kind of like, reformulate around. But they like all they like the artwork. They like the storyline. But we see if we can make it into a TV version. TV so, on yeah. like like CW or something or like a short series on like Hulu, Netflix because those are Netflix. very popular. Yeah, because that would be like pretty epic. I think. Yeah, it's like a virtual production. So you'd do it, you'd, you'd have it be done on sound stages into using motion capture and like you have it translated into like an anime or something like that too as a series. And then if that goes good and if it gets good reviews, hopefully we'll you know, be able to get that made an actual feature film too. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty expensive project. So that's why everybody loves it, but it's, it's, it's a money thing right now. So we can kind of start low and do a sort of small, I should say, and do a smaller version of it. And if I get some a good foundation fan base to get get the big one going, that's what we're all now with, with COVID. How has that kind of shifted how you're doing things? Because you know you're talking a lot about remote, and so how has yeah. that impacted um, like planning this new film that you're doing? It's that it adds more. It adds more like a cost to everything. Like for example, the movie um, Unbreakable Boy that we did. That was a Lionsgate film. We did that in Oklahoma for six million dollars. One point seven million went to COVID for oh, testing. Wow. Also. Yeah, we like all the cast members got tested every day. All the crew got tested every other day. 
And um, I had to wear a, a big face shield mask and then had to wear like rubber gloves. And I had my own office and I was storyboarding in that room too. And like the catering is all gone now. Everything's being done. Like they bring you like a little box with your meals and give it to you that way. Um, and at that point, they weren't doing communal dining. They had like a big eating area outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're doing it now. But this was like when I was on location in Oklahoma last year. So um, it's a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, because of COVID, like I just got an office on the Sony lot. And like two days before they announced that we couldn't go on the lot. And I still, so I've been working at home. So a lot of the a lot of the stuff I had framed, like this piece right back here, that was one of the things I had framed to put in my office, and like all of it I just put in my apartment. Like, oh, what's the point? Because I, I, we're not going to be going back to the, back to. The I mean, office. on one end, it is good that the studios are taking such a precaution because, oh, yeah. come right. on, I mean, getting sick, why? I mean, you can lose your your taste, your scent, um, but on the other right. end, it's like very, you could die. Just die. Yeah. Um, on one end, though, I mean, God, it's costing a lot of money, Neil. I mean, is it meeting out? Is it worth it in the end? Yeah, everyone's been pretty safe. Like, I haven't heard of anything because, like, if, if something goes wrong and one person catches COVID on set, the whole production gets shut down, which is going to cost tons of money. So, they really make the efforts to, like, make everybody very cautious about everything while you're on set. Now. No, yeah, things work pretty smoothly. What I mean, though, is, like, when these things get released, is it meeting out? you know, these COVID I mean, boost films, are they meeting like box office numbers or do you think like mm, the industry is kind of like at a stop right now? I'm not too sure. Like, I don't know what, cause I think a lot of things are being, a lot of things are being released in theaters, but they're also being like, they're also being available on streaming services at the same time. So I'm not quite sure how that's working out financially with it. I know it's Spider-Man. That did um, really well. I think Scream beat them in the box office for, um, theater the only thing with theater is i don't know i mean being in a theater with people with covid makes me really like oh i'd rather stream and pay the money like as though like i went there yeah i mean most people are streaming at home now too I mean, it's still fun to go to the theaters but even if you have your vaccine card here in california you still have to wear a mask when you go to the theaters yeah here too in with, new york yeah and with someone like me when you have to wear glasses watching a movie your glasses are always getting fogged up and it's, it's hard to like you i know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. I wear. I wear. I know. But God, I mean, COVID's made me like very, like, <laughs> very, like, freaked out. So, um, is there anything else that you would like to share with anybody? Because I think this went very well. Well, thanks. Well, yeah. Like, um, let's see. Uh, you need my social media handle for people to see what we're doing online. And, like, sure, you can get your social media handle, of course. <laughs> okay. Well, on Instagram, I'm at Clan of the Vein. It's the at symbol then C L A N O F T H E. B-E-I-N. You can also see what I'm doing on Twitter. I post a week, I post updates too that are like, I kind of drop hints as to what I'm doing, but I can't talk about certain things, obviously, because I have to wait until like, I get I have to, If I sign NDA. Is the Neil everybody. Here yep, he that's is. It. I look for the cool like vampire logo thing. So that's my personal page and also and also the page for like our vampire project. Um, vampire which I share one? both. Yeah, I share like both information. It's the same thing. The vampire one is the same thing. It's it's Clan of the Vein is the same page as my vampire. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, I'm going to find this vampire. <laughs> yeah, it's the same one. Which I just kind of like add personal stuff in sometimes. And most of the time it was all like horror stuff and everything too. And Twitter, I'm at Neil, I'm at Neil DeMonte. And also on Facebook, you can find me at the Facebook Clan of the Vein page. And um, yeah, like I usually post, I usually post a little, I'll drop little hints as to what I'm working on, but I can't, obviously, if I'm signing NDAs, I can't post anything. I will, and I won't show anything until the project actually comes out. Don't but it's worry. pretty fun. I mean, just, don't worry, you're not perjuring yourself. You're good. <laughs> you are good. I mean, vampires, glampires. It sounds really cool, but you're good. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I loved having you. Um, Thank and you, yeah, 
please don't break your other foot. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. Since I'm a no, no, no. Right don't break it. Because <laughs> genuinely. Okay. Like, don't. <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Nice meeting you too. Yeah.